You know, I'm always amazed when, I, I don't have any musical talent whatsoever. I mean, if I sing, uh, if I were to sing here, people would actually change their religion. Um, but to watch somebody play is, is always been uh, fascinating to me because when we're watching Will play, he's doing at least, I think, three things. He's got one hand doing this, he's got another hand that's doing this, and he's being able to sing at the same time. And that, to me, is is kind of a magic trick, really. But it's something I guess you've you've over time you learn and uh, you learn how to do. Um, but it's isn't it amazing how, as as human beings, we have the capacity and the and the know-how and the skill to be able to uh, do multiple things at once. We have the capacity. We have. Um, you know, I don't know if Will was even thinking about that song during that song. He could, I mean, you, I mean, I'm not saying that it didn't look like you were paying attention. You really did. I mean, I'm just saying that you're that, you're that multi-talented because you could actually be uh, talking to somebody, and we've done this before, we've talked to somebody, and uh, as, at the time that we're talking to somebody, our mind is actually going somewhere else. Um, we could be, I, I could be sitting here talking to you right now and thinking about what I'm going to have for lunch at the back of my head. Uh, we have this ability to do these kind of multiple things at, at, at a time. The problem with is that sometimes we try to expand on that even further. We have a, a term that we love to call uh, multitasking. Uh, and a lot of people that have said, you know, I am, I am multitasking right now. I'm, I'm doing uh, several things at once. Um, there are limits to that, though. There are sometimes that we can multitask uh, in the, the realm of playing a guitar or, or thought and things like that. But then there's times when the very sense of multitasking uh, can stretch us beyond what we're really capable of. And we try to tell ourselves that we're able to do uh, several things at once. Uh, when actually what is happening is that several things are, are suffering because we're not able to give them our full attention. Uh, there are many times in our lives when we try to do uh, almost like a balancing act or even a juggling act, and we think that we've got it okay, but we really don't. And sometimes when we try to multitask or when we try to do something uh, and, and, and try to be there for every single thing, we end up having ripple effects that not only hurt us, but hurts our neighbors, our families. Uh, our friends, our loved ones. There are only certain amounts that we can handle at once. And that doesn't say that that's bad. That doesn't say that, that, that just says that that's normal. They've actually done studies on multitasking where they have given people, uh, you know, uh, different things to do at the same time. And none of those tests have turned out to where they can actually prove that multitasking works. What happens is what they always prove is that we suffer at the different things that we are trying to accomplish at the same time. And we always, we always take, whether we like to admit it or not, a more linear approach to things. Uh, we have tried to do, uh, they've done things where they've tried to actually have somebody drive a car and do multiple things. Uh, and the only thing that they proved is that when we use our cell phones or when we uh, are distracted on, as a driver, we have the same capacity as someone that's driving impaired or drunk. Uh, and so we're not multitasking. Uh, we are, in that case, we are not only endangering ourselves, but we are endangering other people on the road. But the same can be said about some of the other things that we do in our lives. 
You know, we've been, we've been covering the Old Testament lately because these stories fascinate uh, me, and I, I hope that fa- they fascinate you. I think that uh, sometimes we, uh, especially in our Christian churches, we think of the, the, the Bible as just this one little small area, when it is a vast area, and those stories there are there for a reason. They are there to tell us things, and so they are there to challenge us, to encourage us, but to, there, there are many things that we can learn. And some of those things are complex, and some of those things like today are actually quite simple. We have Moses running around in the desert. This guy is not the Charlton Heston guy. I just want to, I can't, I love to stress how much uh, that is just not true because whenever uh, we talk about a biblical hero, we always take them out of the realm of reality or human. And we try to make them almost a god themselves. Uh, we, we, I've not seen too many uh, Moses movies, uh, and, and I've seen a lot of them, where Moses actually looks like a regular guy. He looks like uh, somebody that is an Olympian or, I mean, Charlton Heston was like 6'5", uh, white, uh, at the time big. Uh, his hair was paid for. Uh, I mean, he had the, all the looks that he needed there. And then recently, I think it was like um, they had like Christian Bale, you know, the same guy that played Batman was playing Moses. As a short, regular guy, I want to tell you that Moses looked more like me than he did like Batman, okay? Uh, Moses was a, uh, a Hebrew Hebrews at the time uh, would be a lot darker complected than what we always show people. Uh, and my favorite thing, he would have been short. Uh, he would have been shorter than me. The average height was about 5'2", five 5'3". Five uh, and I'm just saying he was a wise man, so he had to have been bald. Uh, that's just, you know, call it a prejudiceness, but... Uh, I'm going to stick up for bald people as many times as I possibly can. But this is an old man, a frail man, a person that has worked his life, but a person that has a heavy burden on his shoulders, a small, old guy that is leading an entire community. We always look at the people of Israel when they are, are coming out into the desert as this, uh, this like small group, like a church size. Uh, this is a, uh, the size of a city. This is a size where they are, uh, there are various encampments. There are uh, different communities within this huge community. And they are all looking toward Moses to lead them uh, to a place where they're not even sure where they're going. All they know is that Moses has this ability to interpret what God is saying and to lead them to the, what they call the promised land. He took them out of the slavery where they were repressed, where they were uh, treated very poorly, and now they're out in this uh, wandering status, and this guy's in charge. As an insecure person myself, I got to tell you that I know that Moses at times said, why me? Why am I doing this? Uh, How am I going to make it from this day to the next day? And he had to rely on instinct, on uh, guts, 
uh, most of all, he had to rely on God. He had to rely on his personal relationship with God. That allowed him to spiritually, spiritually lead his people. There are ways that you can lead people uh, in finance. You can lead people in business. You can lead people as a, a, a coach of sports. You can lead people in various aspects of their lives. But Moses' job was to lead people spiritually, to let them grow as a person in their heart and soul. That's what his job was. That's what he was called for. Uh, God was not talking about just rescuing people physically. He was talking about let's rescue them in their heart and in their soul. But Moses found himself taking on all kinds of different responsibilities. If someone had a, uh, a nagging question, he was the guy that they went to. If somebody was not getting along with their neighbor, he was the guy that they went to. If somebody was having a problem with their tent, he was the guy that they went to. If somebody wanted to complain about the grass or the bugs or whatever else you would find in the desert, he was the guy that they went to. And so for many, many times, his day consisted of, he would take a chair. It's amazing you can find these in the desert. He would take a chair, and for the entire day, from morning until night, people would come, and they would have him talk, settle their differences, answer their questions. Uh, anything from, uh, I'm not getting along with this person here, this guy bugs me, the, the, the other tent is playing their music way too loud, uh, you know, all of this kind of stuff, that's what he was there for. The spiritual leader was there to talk about everything, even styles of tents, uh, how they were supposed to be built, what size they were, where exactly they were going to camp. This guy was just the spiritual leader, but he was taking on everything. And then his father-in-law shows up, and his father-in-law is... Uh, seeing this. He, he's visiting and stuff, and he's, he's out there in the desert, and he's looking at this, and he's looking at all of these people, and, and they are lined up with, some of them have uh, very important questions. Some of them are so trivial. And he's looking at Moses just sitting there going through all of this stuff, and Moses is looking exhausted. He's looking tired. And honestly, some of the questions, he's guessing. He doesn't know how to, the best tent, or how to settle that. He knows God. He knows how we talk about God. But some of the other things, he doesn't know. But he's trying his best because he thinks that he's the leader, and he has to help. If he lets his people down, he thinks that he's truly letting someone down. So he has to do everything that he can to try to help them, but his father-in-law says, that is not something that's possible for a human being to do. By doing this, he sees Moses carrying a load that he cannot handle. He sees Moses trying to multitask. He sees Moses trying to carry all of the problems all of the situations. And he, he says to Moses, you will surely wear yourself out 
both you and these people with you, for the task is too heavy for you. You, you cannot do it alone. This is one of those lessons that we learn in the Old Testament that really is as simple as it sounds. His father-in-law notices that Moses is going beyond his capacity. His father-in-law notices that Moses is taking on way more than he should. And his father-in-law also knows that when we take on more than we should, we're not just hurting ourselves. We're hurting the people that are around us. And he's aware of this. And one of the ways that, he, that Moses is actually hurting himself is that he is not delegating. Because when we delegate, sometimes we think if we are uh, people-pleasing people, uh, people that want to be there for everybody, which is Moses' case right now, we think that if we delegate and ask someone for help, that we are taking our burden and we are throwing it at them and saying, you do it. But what we don't realize is that what we are actually doing is we are, when we share responsibility, we are sharing gifts. We are allowing other people to use their talents. We are allowing other people to use their strengths. We are allowing other people to uh, expand on their passions. We are allowing other people to grow. And if we don't do that, we are actually, just like his father-in-law said, we are hurting the people that are around us. And so Moses decided with the help of his father-in-law that what he would do is that he would be the spiritual leader. If someone had a question about God or about growing in their spirit, Moses was the guy. But all the other stuff, the tense, the, the noise, the arguments, the petty things, Moses delegated that work to people that actually kind of knew what to do with that stuff. And so what we see here is that the responsibility of Moses is being shared with other people. It's not being dumped into other people's hands. It is being shared with other people. And when you do that, when you actually share, you create a community. Here, we create a church. Because I've used this, uh, this passage, this, this is how I preach. This is how I pastor this church. Um, there are a humongous list of things I don't know. Uh, and when you come to starting a church, you're, you're expected to know all kinds of things. We had to learn things like electricity and uh, carpet samples and chairs and, and business things and writing grants and all of this kind of stuff that made me just want to vomit my mouth. I have no idea what any of that stuff is. I wasn't called to do any of that stuff. I'm here uh, to lead spiritually. And thank God we were able to ask other people for help in the things that we didn't know. We were able to spread the responsibility out we were able to uh, expand the community of Neighbors Church. That's how we built this church. That's how we continue to work this church. That's why when a lot of people come to me and talk to me about certain things, if they mention something else, I'm going to redirect them to someone that knows. And if I wasn't doing that, if I wasn't sharing the responsibility of this church, I would be neglecting every single person's chance of growing spiritually in this church. 
That's how we do it. We're a community. It's a plain, simple thing. But I want to I ask you about another thing. When we think of multitasking, a lot of times we do think of things like that. We think of our jobs. We think of doing things that uh, are, are physical or uh, that use you know, uh, com computation and, and things like that. We think of doing uh, tasks. But have you ever thought that sometimes you can, you can actually you can actually multitask your spirit? And when I say that, what I mean is, remember, when we were talking about, sometimes you can be working on something or talking about to somebody, and you're thinking something else. Sometimes we're feeling something else. Sometimes we, we like to uh, put on a happy face and say, you know, how you doing? Great. And inside you're saying, I just want to die. Sometimes uh, we meet somebody and we say, I, I'm so glad to meet you. And inside we're saying, I'm scared to death because I am so shy. Sometimes we, we come upon a holiday and we think uh, we have to show that celebration face when inside we are really hurting. Sometimes we try to show something that we're not. Sometimes we try to multitask with our emotions and our feelings. We try to show that we are okay. We try to show that we are there. We try to show a strength. But deep inside, we feel frail, old. And especially, it seems like, you know, in the, in the Midwest here, uh, we, we don't, we try to hold things in. We try to not talk about stuff. And we try, we think that we can uh, handle that. We think that we can be just fine talking about uh, just the, the, the surface things and the good things while trying to spin so many plates of how we feel inside. Remember, multitasking, when we do that, we are not able to hit things uh, and give them the attention that they deserve. We hurt ourselves and we hurt those around us. The same, the same happens when we're hanging on to our feelings. When we're hanging on to the stresses in our lives, when we're hanging on to the things that uh, we feel frightened about, scared about, when we're not talking about those things, we can hurt ourselves and we can hurt those around us. So many times, that is where we pull out these Things of hatred towards other people and prejudiceness and bigotry because we do not stop to deal with the things that we feel. We do not stop to deal or ask questions or get to know one another and we start to make uh, judgments. And we start to act angry toward each other when the truth is, is what's inside is we're feeling is afraid. Imagine if we took a linear approach to everything in our lives. Imagine the tasks that you did if you actually balanced them out and said, I need to focus on this right now, and then I will focus on this right now. And we did the same thing for how we felt inside. I'm going to talk to you right now. I'm going to get to know you right now. I'm going to tell you 
I'm afraid. Before I can put on that happy face, I need to tell you how I feel inside. Before I, I act like I've got it all together, I need to tell you uh, that I don't feel like I do. Imagine if we took the time, if we just took the time to take things one at a time. We are, we're told this from a story that is very, very old. And it worked then, and it still works today. What I want to do right now is take just 30 seconds, 30 seconds. If you're uh, watching at home, uh, if you're here, just, just 30 seconds. And what I want to do is pose uh, just, just a question. And I want us to think about this question. And I want us to think about the question uh, in, in many ways. The question is very simple. Where could you use a little help in your life? Moses was somebody that needed to have help. Is it a physical thing? Is it a task thing? Is it something you're feeling inside? I want you just to think about you right now. Where could you use a little help right now? And we're just going to pause for 20 seconds to think about that. And, and then Will will start playing a song. But let's just think about that question. Where could you use a little help in your life? I hope that you reflected on that question. Uh, every one of us, every one of us deserves to be our authentic self. But it's difficult to be our authentic self if we are trying to wear so many different masks and have so many other things that are preventing us from being us. Whatever it is that you need, my prayer is that this week you take some time to ask and to share what you need. And that you have people around you that would love to be a helpful part of that. When we share our feelings, when we share responsibilities, keep in mind that the word is share. And that's what builds communities. That's what builds friendships. That's what connects us with our neighbors. Love God, love yourselves, and love your neighbor. Amen.